Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brain Trust Podcast. My name is Adam, and I am a game designer in Glendale, California. And my name is Will. I am a game designer in Boston, Massachusetts, America. Welcome to the official branded uh, Wendy's podcast. Oh, no. Role-playing. We um, have partnered with uh, several burger joints for this one. And we'll just be talking about... I'm uh, currently eating some products. So... (laughs) Uh, I like to think that by the time this airs, that will have all gone away. (laughs) Um, It has made... Uh, for those of you that don't know, Wendy's, the burger chain, um, made a branded role-playing game for the biggest podcast in role-playing to play. And it was, um, as you guessed, not a disaster at all and nothing bad happened. (laughs) Everything Um, was fine and nothing hurt. It has created a San Andreas fault line-like rift in (laughs) the world that will never be healed um and i would just like to thank everyone over there in podcast line for really making it happen yeah we're really excited that uh the wendy's rpg is the first one that you've ever read or played and then the second one is the game that we're making uh i don't know how you how you got here but we're so glad that you did thank you wendy's welcome aboard thank you wendy's um I, myself, have taken a sponsorship from Northrop Grumman, which I will be making the official tank game. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have a role-playing game that I don't like to talk about, but um, it's a, because it's in development, it's a tank-based role-playing game that you take every role-playing game that is played with a tank and you play it against each other. Wait, do you play as a, as a role-playing game? Is, that, is your character? Yeah, your character is an in-development or released tank-based role-playing game (laughs) and you play as those tanks against each other i like that uh each character presumably plays by their own rules (laughs) uh yeah which is utter chaos you you have um uh mark richardson's treads uh which is in development versus a ross rifles by daniel kwan that is now on kickstarter that probably has a tank in it and then you have a tank that might appear in Actung Cthulhu and the tank in Ogre, which is a Steve Jackson game <laughs> from the seventies. That's just a big fucker of a tank called Ogre. Everyone check out Ogre. It just is sitting in the Goodwill in Jamaica Plain for like $150. <laughs> and it's like the stadium version. It's like, I can't buy this, but who's going to buy Ogre in this town except for me. Did you ever play Twisted Metal when, when you were younger? Hell yes. Who's your main? Who'd you main in Twisted Metal? Uh, Sweet Tooth. But what I was just going to say is... <laughs> yeah, I'm basic. I played as the person from the cover of the box. Dude, uh, Sweet Tooth is awesome. And and remember that there's also the guy who is like standing in a T-pose. Who has that's what I was just going to talk about. Arms. In your tank <laughs> oh, game, shit. It, it works like in Twisted Metal where like... A person who's crucified between two monster truck wheels and a person who on a motorcycle, they inherently don't have advantages. Even if everyone has missiles, there's no way they're on the same operating level of a person in an 18-wheeler or a person with a military tank in Twisted Metal. And that's what the game that you're describing is. It's like the ogre is inherently OP, but like then you just play as the ogre. Right? You play yeah. Twisted Metal as the 18-wheeler, and that motorcycle can't touch you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's science. 
yeah, this is it's a game showing that it's like the false equivalency. Anyway, check it out. It'll be in stores somewhere near you. Um, when you go, what if all games workshops were replaced with Wendy's? <laughs> That's just something to think about. You could buy your Warhammers and your Warhamburgers. Warhamburger is great and also the worst thing. <laughs> Warhamburger 40k is a darker take. It's the the Wendy's it's the post Wendy's apocalypse. God. After Wendy and McDonald's fought it out, it's when Jack in the Box rules. They just <laughs> rule over the wasteland. Adam, I see you're reading from a piece of paper that you had on hand. <laughs> so it's yeah, my Jack in the Box fan fiction finally has a home. Your your AU Jackbox fiction. <laughs> Um, wow. If I was sponsored by a company to make role-playing games that wasn't Northrop Grumman, it would be, um, Z-Burger from Washington, D.C. Is it, uh, I've never ate there, but I like how specific this is. Yeah. They have these, uh, they have giant onion rings, just like GMO onion rings, just like <laughs> ridiculous mutated fuckers. And, um, I would always go there after going to the doctor. I would just undo all the work that the doctor did. <laughs> well, Will, it looks like you have a clean bill of health, and we'll see you again in six months. And you just are already in the drive-thru at Z-Burger. Yeah, I'm holding up a prescription that I forged. <laughs> for, for fresh, fresh French fries. <laughs> the doctor says I need these. God. Oh, my God, I forgot to ask. How are you doing? Uh, Now I'm hungry. Now I'm hungry. I uh, am good though. Everything seems fine. <laughs> I started wow, a sentence dude. with. <laughs> I started dude, a sentence that's... before I knew where it was going, but everything is actually fine. <laughs> You're like a, like a fucking <laughs> meteorologist. Like every, it looks like everything's okay right. Now. Everything's seventy-two, and you know I don't foresee it getting any worse or better. Um. No, things are good. I'm doing a lot more work than I typically do in the game sphere. Uh, I mentioned to you that I'm doing the layout for Seekers Beyond the Shroud, uh, which is a solo role-playing game that Exalted Funeral is publishing. It's on Kickstarter right now. Um, and it's kind of my first foray into RPG work that is not related to a game that I helped design, uh, which is scary and also kind of encouraging. Uh, insofar as someone likes my work enough that they want to pay me to do it for them. Um, yeah. But it also feels very daunting right now in that this, it's, the scope of their game is quite a bit bigger than the stuff I'm nor, I'm used to working on. So uh, I, I want to do them a good job, and I'm just starting to tinker with it because I also just have my regular... I also just have my regular like games workflow of myself and tour starts in three weeks or something. So I'm, I'm making sure I know the songs for that. And uh, at the time of recording, Big Bad is coming up. So I've been doing a lot of work getting ready for that and uh, very excited to have my games and other people's games in my backpack at all times and available. Uh, yeah, so... 
Uh, and throughout the episode, we're going to hear you interviewing people at Big Bad. Yes. Um, playing for the game design. And that I'm so excited to hear that. We had such a good time playing uh, two weeks ago that I'm bringing the game on the road. And I'm just going to uh, stick a microphone in people's face and tell them to draw a card. I was also at Big Bad Con. And if I didn't get to see you, I'm really sorry. I was stuck. And next time, hopefully, I'll get to see you. So. I, I know you were taking a few meetings. Was it just like you were stuck in a meeting, or uh, do you know? Uh, so actually, in inside of each elevator shaft is a small interior room in the in the bottom of it. Yeah, I've seen. I saw Mission Impossible One this weekend, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's me, it's Tom, it's Fing Raves, and I. <laughs> am in the bottom of the uh, yeah it was just it, it's comfortable for me it was the cheapest room in the hotel which is great uh, because it's the bay and the food was okay so I'm Suzanne Shenwork. Uh, I have an itch page at a-sputnik.itch.io. Um, I'm at S'more of Babylon on Twitter. And uh, I have a game on itch, and I have a Golden Cobra game that I keep meaning to bring over to itch one of these days if I make it look nice. Okay. What is something you do for the royal family that is game design that has prepared you well for this journey? Um, I feel like I've spent enough time playing a variety of games, many of which... I feel the more you play games and the more you go, this is really badly laid out, or this doesn't make sense, this is way too complicated, um, that prepares you very well for making games. Especially, the more games I play and the older I get, the more I am running out of patience for any time I see like a big, like a big game book, um, it's like nine and a half by 11, 300 page books. I'm like, why did, why is your game so long, man? <laughs> There's you, no way I can navigate that. <laughs> um, do you find that you have a lot of driving force from seeing games that you don't want to be like more than you find uh, games that you're inspired to create by? Um, I find that I'm more interested now in finding a way to make mechanics match intended experience. Um, and I feel like I've played enough games where that either isn't the case or there's a lot of mechanics for the sake of having new and novel mechanics that uh, I am learning to appreciate simplicity in these things and, and learning to try to find and focus on what I actually like in a game rather than either what's new or what's received wisdom. 
Yeah, I think my original answer was pretty negative, so I'm trying to, to sure. spin it to be nicer. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't give. You, I was going to offer you a copy of a game I designed called Protest Singer, which is about singers fighting uh, authoritarianism by with magic songs. It uses a D12 pool system, <laughs> so it is one of the clunkiest things I've ever no, touched. I and, mean, uh, as much as I think you'll like the premise, I know. Uh, not just you, but many people will not like how it works. It should be a PBTA game, and it should be nice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, sometimes novelty is fun, and sometimes having a dice system that is weird or interesting, uh, in like big air quotes, interesting, uh, is part of the fun of the experience. You're like, this is kind of janky, or this makes yeah. me think about this makes me think about rolling dice in a way I don't usually think about it, or it, it highlights the goofiness of whatever you're doing. Um, it's not, yeah. You can still have a copy of it. Yeah, not everything <laughs> has to be a PBTA game. And I like, I like PBTA games, but I think we might be reaching the point where some things, people are like, I'm gonna make a PBTA game of this. And you're like, that, that is not a good genre for that system is the word I'm looking for. I was making a hand gesture in this audio medium. It's gonna yeah. translate, it's great. <laughs> Hey Brain Trust, it's me, your boy, Jason Brown. Uh, I'm out here with Adam at Big Bad Con, enjoying myself, uh, having a good time playing games, uh, talking about games. You might know me from hits such as at blooperly underscore on Twitter, or my writing over at uh, Cannibal Halfling Gaming, or my games like, um, have I written games? Yeah, I probably have. Um, <laughs> Blessed Engines, or uh, House and Home, or some other stuff that's still still brewing, and uh, I'm ready to play some For the Queen, and by For the Queen I mean For the Game Design, the best the best <laughs> yeah, game. game. We can't say For the Queen. It's uh, yeah. TM, 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 TM. For the Game Design. Alex Roberts is very mean. All right, let's see what this is. You think of someone in this retinue as Game Design's favorite. Who? What makes you think this? Man, there are so many people I think are game design's favorite. Um, not just my own favorites, but people who I think are just shining stars. Uh, I think, well, I, I gotta talk about the experience I had today. That's, that's the one that stands out. Today I got to play uh, The King is Dead with Meg Baker, uh, a, game, a game by uh, Vincent and Meg A. Baker. And I got to play with Meg today and it was amazing. She was a spectacular host. She's someone I've gotten to work with uh, in one of my own games. She actually wrote some flavor text for House and Home, a game I put out this year. Um, and yeah, I, I think the Bakers, who I've got to meet all of this weekend, are, are one of my uh, shining stars in game design. And I, you know, I think they're some of game design's favorite people, because they're some of my favorite people who do game design. Um, and game design seems to treat them well. Game design does treat them well. <laughs> I think they put in the work though. They've put in the effort to woo game design uh, yeah, over. A mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, and uh, that's enough. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna single out a bunch of other people. That's the one of the highlights of my week. So, yeah. Uh, see you. See you, trustees later. Hog trust all day. <laughs> And we're back, and we're talking about a guide to casting phantoms in the revolution. 
Uh, it's been a while since we talked about it with one another or on the show, but uh, Brain Trust was sort of started as the, this game design process with Will and myself. And now that we're both um, back from the deep stretches of surreality that we've been <laughs> occupying for the last <laughs> month. Uh, deep space. We're back from outer space. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are getting back to it and figuring out um, figuring out what the game is and how it works and how best to uh, make it a product that we're proud of, that we want you to be happy that you supported and uh, all, all that, all, all the things that come with making this thing that was an idea into a reality. If you want more like granular updates, like literally what we're doing every day, check out the discord um we say that a lot but like honestly i just log on during work and uh and adam's on too in the whole the whole brain trustees and everything and that's where we're gonna have our granular stuff but i don't know we we've got dates on our radar um and you know we're trying to go to printer at the end of the year so yeah i think we're in a comfortable spot where we know enough about what we want to accomplish and we are uh, happy enough in our skill sets to know how to accomplish those goals, especially now, uh, truthfully, with interviewing people and interacting in the Discord and, like, examining the process. Uh, I feel, like, hyper aware and confident of my own process uh, that will ideally grease the wheels of the guide to casting phantoms um and we'll have this really like it'll have all of the hiccups and speed bumps and stuff that game design naturally has but uh i feel like we know what we're doing in a way that's a lot more profound than (laughs) if you would have asked me six months ago when i go yeah i know what i'm doing like i actually feel like i do (laughs) yeah that's why um I'm so happy that we got to interview so many people and just like meditate on process for so long because it feels like at the end of a video game, that's all about collecting stuff when you've collected most of the stuff. Yeah. You'll never collect all the stuff. You got to get like a cable to plug your game boy into your friend's game boy. And like, it's a whole thing. No one has that cable. No one has the cable. And and like, although you would love to have Scyther, it just is not going to happen. You got the wrong one. We'll have to do. Yeah. (laughs) You bought the wrong color cartridge. It's fine. Uh, You still did a good job. So that, that is to say by the time we ship like an, like a video game, uh, this one will end at the beginning of next one. We will forget literally everything and fuck up constantly. (laughs) So (laughs) until we get good again, but that's what creation is. New game plus. Um, New Game Plus. Wow, that should be the name of our next um, thing. <laughs> our next our ne- thing. I was going to say Kickstarter, but uh, Kickstarter has decided not to voluntarily recognize the union. So Yeah, it's a real mess, it seems. Externally, it seems like a very real mess. Uh, and it's not exactly clear to me or to most people following uh, what is going to happen next. And that's kind of scary and volatile. Uh, yeah, there's there's no boycott, but um, we're just standing by for what the union has to say. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the meantime, we'll keep making stuff and we'll keep finding avenues through which to release it. So it's just uh, we'll we'll persevere. We, we didn't need them before. We don't need them now. But we're here for the nah, take that part. out. It was already too negative. But I was going to say uh, <laughs> like we are are. Uh, what's what? What I want to say? Uh, we support like the workers' efforts uh, through and through, and I think it's really on the hands of the people higher up to remedy their situation. Uh, yeah, and then thusly the situation that like all creators and backers are having currently, which is like the shrug emoji. All of us are just like, what are you doing? And even if how are you going to fix this? Right. Yeah. Because it throws backers into the position of like, I could feel icky about being part of Kickstarter or I could feel worse not supporting, for example, marginalized designers in the, the greatest profit Avenue that they have. Right. It's a so, it's a real catch 22 for the people yeah. on the outside, which isn't yeah, to diminish um, the struggle inside, but everyone's right. got their own level of involvement in the whole process. Yeah, and uh, like I I was t- uh, talking jokingly on Twitter the other day that um, we're ending the golden age of games. Like, the golden age of games is probably, like, when The Forge shut down to <laughs> last week, um, when Wendy's released World <laughs> That really was uh, a moment on a timeline. Yeah. Um, so we're now in the Silver Age, um, the game Silver Age, in... Uh, Greek mythology, this is when Zeus just starts killing people, and this is game winter. We're entering the darkest period of game design, so I wonder what darkness awaits us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, uh, honestly, I write horror games, so I think it'll be okay. (laughs) my next game is horror adjacent so i'm chilling too it's wonderful to be back i'm radio's alex roberts and I'm I'm thrilled to be playing my game in the way it was always meant I mean, to my be. Game. <laughs> my game design. <laughs> okay. So you just do I pick from the top or uh, anywhere? Oh, anywhere. Oh, um, I'm cutting the deck. You're replacing the word queen with game design and okay. letting it guide you. Uh. Oh no! What promise did the game design make to you before this journey? Do you think it'll keep it? Uh, I like that. Ooh. They're also loaded when you change the word. I know. <laughs> Um, I think the promise was that, I think the promise was that if I make a game about the littlest hobo, then I will stop just ranting about it for a really long time. That's what I, that was the purpose of pop, um, was so that I would stop ranting about Lunars. Um, and I think I have actually abated somewhat, so... No, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it'll actually work. I, I, I think it will only increase my love yeah. of low-budget Canadian television show, The Little Stobo. Uh, that's not... I don't think that's a problem. I think it's just in deepening your love and appreciation for this thing. <laughs> and that's really cool. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
right, so I'm I'm JR Goldberg. Uh, I'm at Wrestling Bubble on Twitter. Um, my, you know, I have the Doakite Kickstarter that is funded now. It funded in 30 hours or so, which is cool. Um, and the game I'm probably most well known for outside of that is Cementville, um, which is a game about being uh, poor witches and wizards in the crumbling Midwest. Um, all right, and now I'm gonna draw a card, right? Yes, great. All right, I'm gonna cut to the middle. Cool. I don't want to draw the top card. <laughs> it's too ominous. Yeah, exactly. All right. What do you do for game design that anyone else can do, and why does game design make you do it? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, well, I guess the easy answer is write bad games. Uh, anyone else can do that. Um, but I do it because I think that uh, writing games that are in some way failures uh, or unplayable or um, flawed, uh, flawed is probably the best word, is uh, probably a more instructive experience at this point and the biggest strength of communities like Itch. Um, I think it's sort of the, the new frontier of gaming. When we were growing up, uh, you know, you and I are probably roughly the same age, the only games we got were essentially these AAA titles that were these giant hardcover glossy books with hundreds of thousands of meticulously crafted words. And we, in my mind at least, I expected that to be the only way that game design was successful. But to spend a couple of days writing a uh, a game where you get to be Charles Bronson and you have one move with 2d6 and you know 30 people ever look at it or whatever like that's just as instructive because someone else may look at it and it may spark something for them that looking at fifth edition or whatever would never in a million years ever uh, bring up to their the forefront of their mind awesome. Thank all right you. Hey, welcome back to the Brain Trust Podcast. Um, we're doing a fun role reversal. I'm going on a music musical tour across her nation. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that Adam does all the time, but it's my first time, and I'm freaked out. Uh, not freaked out, but I'm noited. I'm a little bit zoited about it. Um, you have the any, like, like good anxiety and the bad and at the same time, and you can't tell which, which is what. Yeah, I've like I can't wait to flex night after night, and I also can't wait to figure out where I'm sleeping, <laughs> <laughs> or how the car ride will be. So, I think uh, if you have any tips, I don't know. I I want to play role playing games while in the car. That's tricky. So I've been doing this now. I've been a touring musician since I was 19, and I'm 31, so 12 years. And uh, from when I was about 22 or 23 is when I started, it started being a profession. Uh, and those first few years, I, it's, before we started recording, I was talking about having a very poor memory, which is a shame. I was going to say they were great, but like, I, 
<laughs> I also would be hard pressed to tell you a lot of things that I remember from that era. I kind of just remember, you know, throwing caution to the wind. And yeah, uh, this was also in the height of my like crime think readership of uh, <laughs> dumpster diving. I lived in a squat for a little while and like, oh, cool. Had very much that lifestyle that tour uh couldn't fuck up like i didn't have money but i didn't have bills i knew where i could find food if i needed it and we could just you know play music didn't matter how successful it was as long as we got to the next show and had enough like gas to do that uh which is very liberating and now that i'm older and like I have a dog, I have a partner, I have rent to pay. Like, all of these things are much more damning. You sold out. I sold yeah, out. You sold out. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I grew up, I guess. Like, I think no, it's... often I'm an adult now. Uh, and just having, like, that happens. responsibility yeah. and considerations and not being able to just go, it's all fine, I'll figure out where I'm going to sleep later, uh, is... Like a good, it's a good thing, but also when you're in a tour situation where that becomes uh, a question you have to ask, I don't know the an- I know the answer in 2007. Uh, oh, wow. Like we would post on MySpace. So <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a much different game now. Uh, but I would say. Specifically about games on the road, uh, I bring my Kindle now. If you have any sort of like PDF reader, oh, nice. uh, yeah. it saves me a lot of space in my baggage, which is very uh, high stakes realty. And uh, then I also have just, you know, infinite amount of games that are accessible. So if somebody wants to play a horror game or a comedy game or whatever, I just sift through the contents of the Kindle, which has like, I don't know, 400 games on it now, uh, because those are the only books I read anymore. And that's like (laughs) really nice to have access to without stuffing books in my bag. Um, I would also suggest anything you can, or like download a dice roller app. You probably, you might already have one, but I used to think they were hokey and then I would lose like just the D eight of a seven set. And I'd be like, well, I'm never going to use this set of dice again because one of them's missing. Uh, I can't swing a longsword anymore. I would say that that's a good thing that I can extrapolate. You will you will lose stuff on tour, so Gosh. don't bring anything that you value super highly. Okay. Um, I can think to, like, shirts that I used to own and love that I would leave sweaty on the back of a chair and a in a venue that it's just gone forever. Oh no. Uh, you'll definitely lose like a USB cable and it won't be, it won't just be your phone where you can borrow one from someone else on the tour. It'll be like a weird proprietary cable that you're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> that was my problem when I used to bring a Wacom tablet. It was like, I have this tablet cable and I lost it and now I can't use it for the rest of the tour, but I still have all the devices that connect to it and, uh, lost, lost your Nintendo Switch charging dock. <laughs> yeah, you gotta uh, bring enough things to keep your mind 
somewhat occupied when you're in the vehicle or like when you're at the venue between things. Uh, a, a lot of the time I, I get a lot of work done between sound check and when the doors open because it's sort of like a lull where there's not enough time to actually do something cool, but it's too much time to just like sit and stare at your phone. So I guess, uh, yeah, my, my summation is, uh, use the internet to find places to go as best you can. Uh, don't bring anything too valuable because you're definitely going to lose something that you care about. And, uh, try to use the downtime, not just to sleep, even though, a good like 30 percent of your downtime you'll just accidentally fall asleep anyway oh no okay great those are such good tips and thank you everyone for uh a podcast for one is what <laughs> i just heard if you travel at all that's good advice i bet yeah no that is good it's uh, i will let you know how it goes because um we'll record the weekend that i'm back great uh, you should mention how the trustees could find those shows, because I bet also one of the my favorite parts of touring is seeing people in regions that is seeing people in regions that I don't live in or often find reason to visit. Uh, oh, perfect! Yeah, um, let's hang out. Come to the show. Uh, they're in basements and shit. Um, it's I'm doing uh, going to Chicago and back. So if you're on the way, I'll probably see you. And I'll, I'll have that on Twitter. You, of course, know my Twitter account. Um, it's at will.com. And <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, the band's called Fear Gorta. It'll be super cool. It's like a Silent Hill plus R&B. Sick. Yeah. Let's listen to another one of those for the game design. Um, hi, this is Mabel Harper, a musician and game designer. Uh, you can check me out at Maybe It's Mabel on Twitter. You sometimes think you might be the game. <laughs> you sometimes think you might be game design's favorite. Why? And why does this worry you? Oh, how do I answer this? Uh, <laughs> I think, as far as game design goes, no matter how far I try to run from it. <laughs> I just can't seem to. I always feel drawn back into it because it's a great. There's a lot of great people. It's a great community. Um, it can also be exhausting, and you can burn out easily in it. So that's why it worries me that I'm just gonna get drawn back over and over again by attending these like really cool cons and hanging out with cool people, and then I'll get burned out again. So the cycle begins anew. Great. Thank you. Yeah. This is Nell Raban. Um, I'm on Twitter at Nell underscore do underscore well. Um, my itch.io page is nell-raban.itch.io. I'm a game designer and freelance game writer. When was the last time game design hurt you? Oh my goodness. Let me think about that. Uh, so many times, The I think the, the, the last time was when I had just released Home Again and I thought I was done 
writing and designing games forever because it was such a long road to that point and I couldn't I felt like I had lost my purpose and um, do you think that you've rediscovered purpose in, in the time since? Yes, I think I have. I'm slowly getting it back. Um, conventions like this one, where a big, big bad con 2019, are really helpful in that regard. But that was the last time game design hurt me. <laughs> Uh, so I've been playing some games. <laughs> yeah, tell us about those games. <laughs> you have to do it like a talk show. It'd be like, so I've heard you've been playing some games. So, uh, <laughs> have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, Will's been playing. What's this? Uh... What is the deal with games? <laughs> See, uh, Will's been uh, playing a few games. I have not been playing any games. I still uh, don't really have a group since I moved. So please tell me everything about your gaming experience and let me live through it. I just have two notable experiences and thank you, Jimmy, for the intro. Um, it's so great <laughs> to be here in 30 rock. Um, uh, I'd like to play banana grams or whatever they do on the Jimmy Fallon show. Um, do they play board games on Jimmy Fallon? How do I get a game? Oh dude, you could design. That's what I'll do. I... That's my Holy corporate shit. sellout. I'm going to design the Jimmy Fallon role playing game. Because on Stephen Colbert, critical rolled, critically rolled on uh, the Colbert Big Show. I th- yeah, I think I heard about <laughs> the Tonight. Show. I think my mom told me about that. Yeah, it's pinned on Matt Mercer's um, Twitter page. Why do I know that? Because I wanted to go dunk on his ass for working with Wendy's. <laughs> so I looked at his Twitter page. Why is the big voiceover guy do a big mistake? Um, I'm probably going to delete that, <laughs> what I just said, because it was mean. But actors just make mistakes. They're not geniuses. And sometimes they're dumbasses. Like in this example. Sometimes they're dangerous. Anyway, I played... Uh, do you want to hear about a game that I played that weighed 25 pounds? Or a game where an orc made fun of me so bad that I stopped playing? <laughs> Uh, both of those sound like very good stories. Okay, uh, so... <laughs> um, Gloomhaven is this giant board game that has hundreds of hours of playing. It's like an adventure game. I grew up playing my first like hardcore game. My first game-ass game was HeroQuest. And I credit that as like the first time I got into role-playing adjacent things. HeroQuest, you basically run around a dungeon and look at furniture. Um <laughs> That's like the big thing you do, uh, and get get fucking killed. Um, but I played Gloomhaven, which is like perfect balance of Slay the Spire, which is a digital game where you like deck build and you got this deck. And I was this little creep creepazoid tinker guy, and uh, it was really fun. And it took all day, and I drank um, two cups of coffee and an energy drink, and I was just vibrating my mind out. While like optimizing this game, but <laughs> it's cool. Gloomhaven's neat. It's expensive and huge, so it's this big like thing you have to schedule your life for. I think the way some people might treat RPGs, like you know, we're having a special weekend where we play or something like that. 
Um, I dug it. That's a big. That's a big old game. I saw that they uh, announced this weekend that they're doing a smaller version of it. Um, I'm not sure how much smaller, but it is basically designed for accessibility for someone who can't confront a 25 pound box. Yo, confront is the perfect word for what it is. I've Um, considered buying it a few times, uh, especially when it was still crowdfunding because it was shockingly cheap. Like, it didn't make sense that it cost what it cost. Uh, I think that was the time it would take them when they overthrew the factory that was printing it. So they just had to pay for the militia that would do the overthrow. (laughs) They have to just pay the hourly rate and the retainer and the... the, um, expenses but i i don't know check it out if it gets cheaper um it's cool you know what's wild about it is that it has like monster ai like you'll walk into a dungeon and a bunch of bandits will be like hello get out of here and they'll come and try and get you but there's basically you have to control (laughs) the bandits and like how they move and i was playing with my friend alex um who is super great and they sent me a test that was like here's all the edge cases in the form of tests and it like basically makes you into a monster brain and you just get all these like abstract diagrams for like who does a monster want to kill and then it's just got like a you know play map and did you have to get a license to operate the monsters it's honestly like a commercial driver's license, like how complicated <laughs> it is. Because, yeah, I don't know, but it's fucking wild. I mean, I like trying really big things, um, so this is just one of them. And <laughs> this is not the game in which an orc made you quit, right? No, yeah. Okay, so I also played Shadow of Mordor, which is a Middle-Earth video game where you play this, like normal looking guy named Talion and a wraith in the same body and they just like are cool and they go kill orcs and stuff anyway it's got this thing called the nemesis system and means that there's a whole army of named orcs that have beautiful british accents and their names are like grobular fuckhead or tumor (laughs) tumor guy or uh feta uh shit like this and they all have personalities and they all make fun of you in specific ways and um I had played the first one. I'm playing the second one right now. In the first one, I am a very stubborn game player that I will just not lower difficulty in it. I will just treat it as a me problem. Like, it's not that the game is this hard. It's that I'm not good enough. Um, and I threw myself at this one guy over and over again. And I kept on dying. And every time you die to one of these, like, you know, named guys like Fuckhead, Fuckhead will just get stronger and stronger. And get more famous within his own, like, crew. Um, And I got him to the level cap for orcs in the game. (laughs) It. it, I would just be, I would be like, I'm not going to fuck with this guy for this life, so I'm going to go with something else. And he would roll up and be like, oh, hey, little dude, let's roll. (laughs) And so Fuckhead basically (laughs) ruined my game, and I had to delete my save. (laughs) <laughs> to, to just purge it <laughs> anyway uh, so i'm playing the new one and there's this one like personality trait that they can give the orc guys and this guy's name was like you know bicycle man or something and um he his whole thing was like 
he will humiliate you and not kill you. And so I um, saw him twice in like an hour and he like killed me once. And he's like, ah, bud, you're pathetic. I cannot kill you in this shit. You look like shit, dude. And like, I rolled off on him again. And the same day, it's like, ah, bud, you look so fucking stupid and bad right now. I am not going to kill you. It was just turn that shit off. I was like, it is 11 PM. I am going to bed. Uh, I played the first Shadow of Mordor, and I didn't play it very long, which is why I don't really, I didn't really respond or react when you mentioned it, um, because it was too hard for me. And I did the same thing where I would keep finding the same orc who would keep punishing me, and I'm like, this is not why I play games. So, <laughs> Adam, uh, it is 100% why I play games. I need to, <laughs> I need, really need to prove myself. Um, I so. Similarly, I recently started playing Hyperlight Drifter uh, again, and because the RPG, the tabletop RPG, is on Kickstarter now, and yeah. it kind of just the the RPG doesn't really seem like the thing I want from that. So I tried to go back to the video game and be like, uh, I don't know, live in the salad days, and yeah, and see what <laughs> see what you would have done. As soon as I started playing again, I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I didn't play Hyperlight Drifter. It's too hard, and I suck. And so hard. I played for maybe 15 minutes in the last two weeks, and uh, I rage quit every time. I have, it on the e- <laughs> I have it on the easiest difficulty already, and I still can't do anything. And I- I'm just, um, as much as I think it's beautiful, and I wanted to, like, I might just watch someone play it on YouTube or something. I can't do it. Yeah. I actually ran into the same problem, and I have a tip that might work for you. Okay. You thought about getting good? <laughs> uh, the problem is, and I've mentioned it, I, I feel like I've been talking about it a lot, because it's the only game that I've played in the last like year that I really think was great, and that's Dead Cells. And I have gone back to that from Rage Quitting Hyper Light Drifter, and it is a game that makes me good uh, and I get better and then I do the next one on a harder difficulty and I maybe don't get all the way, but like it feels like I'm watching the process of improvement much yeah. more effectively than any other game I've ever played. Uh, I'm loving Dead Cells. I uh, have been playing it for the past like two weeks and... The goals, the soft goals it gives you inside that game is are so fun. It's really clever and well done, and I think there's something to tabletopify about it. Yes, where yes. like yes, 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 yes. Here, here's a level, right? And if you get from point A to point Z, then you finish the level. But if you do that in two minutes, you get a special reward. If you do that without any enemies touching you, you get a different special reward. And uh, certain enemies, if you do engage with them and defeat them, they'll drop, like, a blueprint for a weapon that's stronger. So if you then later build that weapon and use it, you'll have an easier time accomplishing those goals of the time thing or getting 30 enemies or whatever. Um, And if you don't care or want to if you're not the kind of person who sees yourself uh wanting to get better and going through the whole like boss cycle and and everything like getting from a to z is already its own accomplishment and i think that's really cool 
Um, yeah. Because they're all they're all sort of optional. Um, I guess I guess I would call them tertiary in that like my objective is to finish the level. If I manage to accomplish these other object- objectives too, that's awesome. That's like a bonus. And then now that I've played it enough times, I have like a refined process and I know how to accomplish particular sub objectives. Right. To, and that like feels like I'm doing a really good job and the game rewards me for that. And you're not, you're, it's, it's all um, cumulative. So like you're not doing a different thing. You're just doing the thing way better and... Yeah, I was thinking like um, speak, tabletopifying it. It's like if you think of getting to the end of the level, it's like finishing a scene, starting and ending a scene while role playing in it. And these soft goals, like you know, it's two minutes long for the video game version, or you know, you get these thirty kills. Um, it could be something like deliver this line. Like you have to say a line of dialogue, and it just makes sense. It's like delivering a choice line of dialogue that was predetermined or. Um, you know, reflecting a different emotion in play that you maybe weren't going for, or basically things just to, like, pump the role-playing gas in ways that you know you can do, but you don't necessarily do all the time. I feel like hitting these achievements and even check marks that it's really attractive during play. Um, and the systems of rewarding can be really creative there, too. I didn't realize it before, but did, have you seen the movie Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Um, that's fully a roguelike where yeah. Tom Cruise is in a war and he dies and he go, then he resets and he goes, he gets a little bit further. He learns new facts. He gets better at certain skills, and the, but he keeps dying. He keeps starting over. That's what Dead Cells is. That's what we're talking about is the refinement of process as a player to accomplish a particular goal in the most efficient way, but you'll never be able to do that on your first play because you need to learn the parameters that the game sets for you. And also in these specific examples, there are uh, skill incentives that are later that are not available to you at the start of the game. Like even on dumb luck, you're not going to get the coolest sword and dead cells on your first run. You're like, it's the nature of, what they've made for you is that a, a logical progression. Oh, and that's super neat in like a, a tabletopy thing to learn and be able to use the things that you learned for your future advantage. Right. And in something like a guide to casting phantoms, which is an awesome role play game, um, you, that could be just having access to every demon for example, for the last scene. And so you spend, you know, your first couple scenes figuring out how the game is played and and building these scenes in the story, and then you start to get these game elements feeding in that you can tap. Um, Dang, yeah. that... Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sometimes you stumble on it, and then you get there. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see us talking about video games and then having a, the light bulb come on. The light bulb's on, everybody. I also think it's good when we, as designers, not just you and I on the show, but expand your focus to other media and like find those things that don't exist or that you're less aware of or you uh, in other things. Like, how does this thing that feels 
a particular way in a video game translate even just to, you know, feelings wise, not even like you get the sword and then you die, but you have the sword, right? Like, what does it feel like to get better and then use that information in the future? Uh, yeah. In a, in tabletop or, uh, you know, we talk about movies all the time. I freaking love movies. That's where, that's where so much of my understanding of a story and character and plot come from. And if I just buried as much as I do enjoy and still read a lot of games, uh, most of my games education does not come from reading other games. Yeah. And it just like, it shows you what things are possible and what things, uh, one mode is good at and one isn't. Um, but what I'm the most interested in is like, what are the things that only tabletop can do? Like, what are the strengths there and what of other like traditional media is it just not possible? And so that's, uh, that's why we make games, everybody. That's why we're out here sponsored by Wendy's. <laughs> God damn it. Let's listen to some people at Big Bad Con. I am Taylor Brush. I run Riverhouse Games, uh, riverhousegames.itch.io. Also, Game Closet, which is a podcast about queer and LGBT plus uh, creators in the tabletop space. Great. Oh, yeah. I am going to draw. The queen had you punished once. What about the memory of that will stay with you forever? I have an exact answer for this that comes <laughs> directly to mind. My, um, uh, the first time I did, um, what is that, Game Chef, um, the competition um, kind of proto-game jam, um, I wrote a game that I am very proud of. It's called Five Alarm or Prom Calypse. It's about teens who cancel prompts so that they can go reignite the sun. Along the way, they find out that Guy Fieri and his Five Alarm Chili have stowed aboard, and the Chili is now killing people. It's a very silly premise. Everybody at, at Game Chef hated it. Um, and the, the critique that I got for it was not helpful critique. It was not constructive criticism. It was, hey, I really do not vibe with the concept of this game, and therefore I don't like it. And that almost got me to drop out of game design. It was horrendously bad. It was not a great experience. So that was my first experience learning what is and isn't critique that I want or should listen to. And I decided, you know what? I am going to take this and run it in my, like, shovel it into my steam machine of spite and just make more games that are weirder, uh, more games that are gay, like, more games that are just, like, off the wall because um, I want them and I don't care what other people think. So there we go. Hi, I'm Adira Slattery. Uh, you can find me everywhere by Googling Adira Slattery. Um, I'm, Twitter, I'm on Twitter, at Adira Slattery. Um, uh, my itch page is adira.itch.io. Yep, it's my name everywhere. Great. Game design thinks more highly of you than you do of yourself. How do you know this? So um, I've sometimes struggled with like feeling like the games that I make are good, like that I really sh like should be showing them to other people, um, and uh, like as a whole, like the community and like game design in general has been really nice, just like dispelling me of that notion, and like people are always so just like welcoming and great and wonderful, and being like no, like put everything out there, put it all up, uh, and it's just it's just great, and I I try and like reflect that energy out into the world now. Um, uh, so that like I can think 
more highly of other people's design than they do themselves. Uh, yes. Hi, I'm uh, Viditia. Uh, my uh, Twitter is at Viditia Voletti, and so is my itch page, viditiavoletti.itch.io. Um, you might know me from Space Goblins fame, <laughs> or uh, I also made volume for uh, uh, Adam's uh, Kickstarter as a supplement to Tome. Alright. Uh, <laughs> The game design knows something about you that no one else does. What is it? That's a very good one. Holy shit. Uh, the game design knows something about me that no one else does. Uh, it's like, well, I get, well, in answering this, I'm now just telling a bunch of people stuff about like what I want out of my game design that I don't tell people. Um, know something about me that no one else does. Uh, my... Oh, like my, like, unfulfillable want to uh, just, like, exist in, uh, a, like, a fantastical setting, you know? Uh, I, uh, I'm definitely constantly uh, bringing, trying to bring whimsy into my life. Uh, in some form or another, and so it's like all of my game design is always just kind of about that, uh, and so like, and like doing that, like I mean, when I I'm like, okay, I want to make a game that like uses Legos, or I designed a game and I was like, what if I just have them use Legos because I just want to play with, I want an excuse to use Legos more, uh, or like play with them more, uh, or um, I don't know, I wish there was just more fire around me, so let's make games that use candles. Like, just all of these small things, like, I think it's like, oh, I use games to learn, like, I've been making games to learn about uh, game design, and I love just, like, theory and, like, social interactions, but it is also, the game design knows that I, above everything else that I do for game design, just wants, like, it just wants to fill my world with that, and I'm just like, alright, I'll just... This week, I'll spend all my time and force all of my friends to play with, like, Jenga pieces. <laughs> Let's bring it home, Brain We're bringing... <laughs> And we're bringing it home on the Brain Trust podcast. We bring it home. Uh, thanks so much for joining us again on another five star episode of the Brain Trust podcast. Uh, we still do have five stars. I think we only have one or maybe two reviews, but five stars nonetheless. Uh, we have five. We have six ratings. So why don't you make that twelve ratings? Okay. Ooh, you listen to this. Hey, a challenge. you listen to this. If you you'll level up. We level up if we get 12 ratings. Yeah, 12. It's We're playing Pathfinder in the podcast. We don't, we're not playing anywhere else but on the podcast reviews. So Adam's playing... A, the podcast episode is our character. <laughs> the, the feed is our character. Each episode is an encounter. Oh, man. This is stupid as fuck. You should not rate us. Uh, unless it's five. Unless it's five, then definitely do. It was a good show. It's always good.
This is this was good. Um, it was great to hear everyone uh, from Big Bad Con. We will link their shit uh, in the podcast description. Um, there's this Discord. Uh, Discord is like um, you might know it as a salon or um, a student union where we all hang out and talk about games and stuff. Anyway, uh, people are setting up uh, monthly games there. So if you want to play games, check out. Um, there's a poll going around. Um, and yeah, there's t-shirts, you know, uh, whatever. There's all this, there's all this stuff. We're doing it all. We're doing a big brain trust style. It's hard to see what we're not doing. (laughs) Uh, burgers. We're not doing a burger game. That's what we're not doing. We're not doing the burger game. If Taco Bell comes at me though, I won't say no. They're my favorite. Taco games are miles away from burgers games. <laughs> we're thinking outside the bunch <laughs> yo caro games oh boy okay we're gonna we're gonna bury the wendy's thing but this is uh on behalf of one half of the brain trust adam vass from world champ game co and you can talk to me on twitter at wc game co uh and my other stuff worldchampgame.co there's all kinds of junk and on behalf of the second half, the second equal half of the game design podcast, you know is Brain Trust. It's me, Will Yopes. I'm I'm making games and I'm really loving it the whole time. You can find me online at Twitter at Will.com. We uh, did find out where BoinkCon is going to be, so that's going to take place in November. It's um, outside of Anderson County in Texas. Harrison County in Texas, which is near Shreveport. Um, so it'll be great. It's eight great days of gaming and gators and eight. <laughs> it's the longest con in America. Yeah, it's eight days long, eight days a week. Um, so, oh, I need your loving. Um, yeah. Uh, so we should go. This is a late night record, and everyone knew that, so I didn't need to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you at board con. <laughs> Uh, brain emoji, handshake emoji. Hello, Brain Trust. This is Adam Vass, a tabletop game designer from Glendale, California, coming at you live from the floor of Big Bad Con 2019 in Walnut Creek, California. And we are here today playing for the game design, my brilliant hack of Alex Roberts for the Queen, where we ask game designers about their game design in a savage and brutal way.